I bid you welcome. God, We all go a little mad sometimes. We accept a one of us. We accept a one of us. What's your favorite scary movie? Wolfman's got an Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Home is Where the Horror Is, a podcast dedicated to all things horror and why we love it. I'm your host, Brian. And I'm Monica. So, we're coming off of my movie from last episode, Mm -hmm. which was very, very boring, admittedly. And luckily, uh, we moved on to a much better movie. Well, I won't say it's a better movie. I'll say it's a much more fun movie. It is. It is very funny. But before we get into that, uh, we should mention, so one of the gifts I got for Christmas was actually from Hunt a Killer, and it was Death at a Dive Bar. And for anyone out there who's familiar with, uh, you've probably seen advertisements, like uh, here's case information on finding a serial killer through clues. Usually it's a monthly subscription box, but this one was all in one game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, and I, I saw it on Amazon, and, uh, like, first I was looking for, like, horror gifts, like, things like that, and, you know, that came up, and, you know, it's kind of interesting. I thought no, that would be something I that was it. fun. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, um, so it had, I don't even know how many pieces of evidence, but they had things like pictures, newspaper clippings. Crime scene photos. Yeah, they, it, there was a lot of information, and essentially, it's up to you to figure out who the killer is um and when you think you've got it figured out there's a sealed envelope that tells you here's the killer now what's nice is i'd say all in all probably took us maybe about an hour i think it might have been a little longer than that well there was a bit of us setting up i feel like once we dove into it like it wasn't an immediate like oh it's easy to figure out um i i liked it Obviously, there's only one downside to it. It's yeah. It's it's not like Clue where you can change the killers. Like it's one killer. Once you figure it out and you open up the envelope, that's it. But still, it is a very nice. How much was it? I think it was only like twenty three dollars. So okay. it wasn't too bad. So and it's one of the things that they market all these as. It's like equivalent to you're gonna have a date night. You go out to the bar, you can do whatever, and especially right now with everything that's still going on, unfortunately, if you are true crime fans, horror fans, or just a couple that wants an interesting date night idea, I think this is a pretty good one. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I really enjoyed it. I liked it. So instead of just watching horror movies, we decided to do that. Yeah. But uh, we did watch a horror movie. Well, I guess horror comedy is more apt at what this would be. So what are what are we talking about today? All right. So we went with Bitten that was released June 29th, 2008. It was directed by Harv Glazer. He didn't do a whole lot of stuff. So um, <clears throat> the runtime was 89 minutes and the cast. <laughs> so the lead character, Jack is played by Jason Muse, which you know from Jay and, this Jalen Silent Bob movies, Clerk, Small Rats, Dogma, and one of my favorites, Zack and Mary Make a Porno. It is great. <laughs> um, the main lead actress is Erica Cox, who plays Danica. Um, and the only thing that I recognized her from was Repo the Genetic Opera. I, I never saw ever that. Seen that. No. So um, it's basically um, think of leasing organs, basically. So you get an organ, you know, you get kidney or a heart or whatever. You can't make payments on it. They send the repo men to take it back. But is it a musical? So there's a movie, <clears throat> and then there's Repo the Genetic Opera, which is a musical. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then Richard Fitzpatrick, who plays Roger, which might be my favorite character <laughs> of the whole movie. And he just kind of had that look. You're like, oh, he kind of looks familiar. He's been in a Everything. lot of things that I had no idea. He's been in Goodwill Hunting, Boondock Saints 1 and 2, your favorite movie. 
Uh, the Recruit, 16 Blocks. There was a newer version of RoboCop mm-hmm. he was in. Uh, the Goosebump series, like the old school Goosebump series yep. that we used to watch. The X-Files, Murder at 1600. He's actually been accredited for 196 movies. He's what you would call character actor. Yeah, like and, he didn't always play like big parts, but... And know. do you notice some of his bigger parts? What's the connection in all of them? Wasn't he like a cop? He was like a cop. No, no, no. Like that, a, that he's... Just in Boston. In Boston. He has, oh, okay. He has that the, thick yeah. accent. He, he kind of reminds me, like, when I kind of see him, like, he almost has, like, a Bill Burr kind of he's vibe got the to same, him. He's got the same delivery. Yeah. It's Bill Burr, guys from Boston, guys from that area. They're sharp. They have that accent. And they're very sarcastic. Yeah. They're very funny. Yeah. So, yeah, he's a great – he yeah, really I is great. loved him. And the stuff that just came out of his mouth was amazing. Um, so – to get a little bit more into the film, just a quick synopsis. So Jack, who is Jason Mewes, is a paramedic who recently broke up with his girlfriend because she was cheating um, on him with her yoga instructor. Um, and he works the night shift. He comes home. He finds Danica laying in an alley by his apartment covered in blood. And he decides to take her to his place to nurse her back to health. She refuses to go to a hospital. So he's like, all right, well, let me do this myself. So... She starts to get better, but then, you know, the uh, Roger is like, oh, she must be a junkie because she's got the shakes, everything like that. Well, come to find out she's a transitioning vampire. Yep. So now he's trying to balance work with dealing with Danica and her insatiable thirst for blood. And I can't stress it enough. She is way too hot for him. She and, is. Like way too hot in general. So it's like. Why would this guy go through all this? Cause she, he, yeah, she's hot. But. He's living in a very dumpy apartment. Yeah. He's, like, not got the greatest life. He's got, like, these, like, drug dealers outside his house. Like you said, his girlfriend cheated on him. So he's just kind of, like... And even the girlfriend was, like... Well, yeah, and the thing is, the guy made the point, like, you should find a girl. And he's, like, how am I going to do that? I work all, all night, night, and then I sleep during the day. Like, yeah. kind of what... Like a vampire. Yeah. yeah. So I do... Uh, it sets it up very interestingly, but this is that atypical. That guy would never get that girl in real well, life. Well, there's no. He well. does have a massive there's dong. No, no so. he does not. You saw. <laughs> you see things in movies, and you swear they're all massive. Every guy you see, you just see a wang in a movie, and you go, "Oh, he's got massive." I'm like, "No, babe, that's not really." Is, not. It, is it like the thing, like the camera adds adds ten inches? <laughs> No, it's just in your mind. You're like, oh, my God, I'm just seeing a dong on camera. Because you never see dongs on camera. Um, I mean, I feel like that was pretty impressive, though. I think you are overinflating the impressiveness <laughs> is all I'm going to suggest. Like you've been known to do. So, no, it's a extremely goofy movie. But before we get into some particulars, why don't, we, why don't you give us a rundown about the postmortem? All right. So, <laughs> <laughs> there were seven kills. One interesting sex scene, uh, six instances of nudity. And it should be noted, so there was one definitive sex scene, but there's a lot that, like, borders sex scene. Like, there's a lot of dry humping. There is. I I didn't count any of that as sex. If this was high school, that's go time. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) Um, Two screams. Now, for reoccurring... (laughs) As soon, like two minutes into the movie, I figured it out very quickly. So, you know, yeah, this seeing, was all you seeing Jason, you know, a couple other of Jason Muses films. You know, he's kind of got a potty mouth if you, you know, watch some of the other movies. Yeah. So, within about what did I say, like three minutes in, I heard uh, them say fuck about six times. So, I was like, hey, let's count out the amount of times that they say fuck now. <laughs> This movie is 89 minutes long. Yep. So in that 89 minutes, they dropped 179 F-bombs. Pretty damn So fun. that's two F-bombs a minute. Like. And that, it did, you know what it is? When Jason Mewes, especially when he's riled in the yes. movie. He'll yes. have tirades that'll be a two-minute long tirade, and he'll drop, like, 13, yeah. 15, easily, like, yeah. just back to back to he's back like, to back. He's like, what the fuck, you fucking fucker, you <laughs> fucking son yeah. of a fucking bitch. It's, uh, well, it, it got really funny, because as soon as you picked that, 
I, I've seen this movie a few times, and I uh, I was like, well, it's Jason Mewes. I know he's going to say it a lot. But I didn't realize, especially during some of those tirades, like watching you feverishly yes. write down every time he's saying it, you're like, this is ridiculous. <laughs> so, yeah, that was, uh, that was pretty good that you picked up on that. Yeah. I, I would be interested. I know it doesn't have the most. I think Scarface still holds the most in any movie, period. But there's no way this isn't up there as far as horror movies. For yeah. sure. Like this has to be. We'll, ha- we'll have to sit through Scarface, and I'll have to. We'll have to keep track. Well, no, they just have. It oh, all they have. Yeah, yeah, or you can do that. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> but yeah, I would be interested. There's got to be somewhere. I'm sure it's probably the same sites that count up for Scarface and whatever. It's got to be. I'm putting money down. It's got to be top five in a horror movie. Yeah. So. Yeah, that that, that post mortem was pretty funny. That was more entertaining. That was pretty entertaining to watch you keep going. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so let, so uh, I'll go over some of the things I really liked about this movie. The first thing I liked is this director. You could tell was clearly just having fun with the film. Like there were some goofy camera techniques used, um, like when he's arguing with the, the clerk at the store. Um, and there's just a goofy aesthetic to the entire film. He did like there, he did a couple other like goofy kind of films. So what was the one? The Ryan Reynolds was in the original one, and they had like Rise of Taj was another one. I forget those movies. I don't know what you're talking. They were about. like college movies. Van Wilder. Van Wilder. Okay. Yeah, I think he made. Oh, like he a, did that. He he did like another one. Oh, there was a follow up. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um. No, I, I really like that. It, I mean, it's a very check your brain at the door, have some junk food. Mm-hmm. It's a fun movie. Like, if you were someone, if I met you and you really weren't into horror, but I wanted to kind of get you into yeah. it, like, this is a goofy enough one where someone could just sit back. It's just a horror comedy. It's, yeah. a, it's a complete goofy horror comedy. Um, and I also really liked one minor thing. How they handled uh, the lore of vampires, if you will, as you said, like we're getting to see this girl like she's transitioning and her hunger is really insatiable. Jason Muse is trying everything he can. He brings her like animals. Mm -hmm. She throws it up. Um, He brings her blood bags. Mm -hmm. She can't have it. Like and that's one of those things. I feel like vampire lore is so fascinating because it's so different where some like. Interview with a vampire, like Lestat and some of those vampires lived off of rats mm-hmm. and all these things. But then there's a lot of movies that are like, you can only have human you blood, blood. Yeah. and it can only be fresh. Mm-hmm. Like, it always seems like, but how many movies have we seen where they're drinking like blood packs? Yeah. Like true blood, they're drinking synthetic blood. Yeah. So it's very, I, I love when you get a little deep into that lore. Yeah. What about you? What do you really like? Like I said, I really love the comedy. And like I said, my favorite is Roger. Roger. He is fantastic. Do you like his just constant messaging? Uh, uh, his constant mentioning of his IBS? Or, oh, yeah. Yeah. Or Always he's just taking a inap- shit. In like... his inappropriate curiosity with if that girl does anal. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you get two in the pink and one in the stink. <laughs> he was, he, like I said, he's definitely... He's a great character. He is. He is so funny. Yeah. What else did you like? That's, yeah. Like that's, I said, pretty that's, much. that's pretty much it. There's not too much going on with this movie. This like, is true. Yeah. I guess I'll also throw in there that chick is real. She's up there. Yeah. And I, of course, I had to do research to see was she in anything else. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. She's not really in anything else. So I, I had to re-see some scenes. So they were, you know, she's impressive. I'll say purely, purely, yeah. It it was all research. It was all educational and research. That's purely it. Has nothing to do with see tits, huh? Nope, 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 nope. But what did you hate about this film or dislike? Well, I'm I'm pretty sure because you made a comment on it, probably going to have the same thing that we disliked about the movie, and that would be the music. Oh, God. The sound design, the audio cues, and just the goofy music. It was just Tidy very, up yes. your mess. Tidy, Tidy up, up your mess. mess. <laughs> it, there's, in the beginning it's of the movie, goofy. there's a yeah. lot of times where it's like straight up, someone delivers a line and there's like a clown horn effect. Yeah. Or like, it's like, you're like, 
the fuck was that? Like, a few times, I thought, like, did my... F- is that my phone? Like, there's no way that's in the movie. Yeah. And then it keeps ha- happening. And the guy who wrote the music, he did most of the music, and he did that tidy up the mess. This is where the director must have just been like, I don't care. Put whatever. Yeah. And it is an interesting it jo- is. It's supposed to be goofy. Like, it, it is, is because goofy. he plays that song, Tidy Up Your Mess, while they're trying to clean up dead, dead bodies. Dead bodies, yeah. So the juxtaposition is good. But you hear it the first time, and it's amusing. Yeah. But then you hear it the second time, you're like, really? Is this going to be the thing? And then, like, the third and fourth time, you're, you're like, all right, like, I'm done with this. I'm over it. But, uh, yeah, that was the only thing I was kind of – I wasn't feeling about that. Because yeah. it takes you already in a goofy movie. It kind of takes you out of the movie a little yeah. bit. So, yeah, we're, we're the same one there. Yeah. So we might as well go through some of the more memorable scenes. Um I think we're going to have probably all the same scenes. So the first one is uh, when when the ex goes in the house and he finds his ex dead and then he starts making out with the girl. And there's that point of view from the dead girl with her like kind of writhing on him, making out. Just like we know he didn't like his girlfriend, but it's just funny because it was just like, what the fuck is going on? That was definitely like, uh, oh, okay. Like It's this kind of movie. Well, my mind's kind of like an extension off of that. Like, it's a little bit later when, so she's dead. They put her into like the. It was a cooler or a chest a or chest. something? I think it was yeah. a chest or something like that. So they put her in a chest and then here, um, they didn't realize because she was bitten, she, you know, was drained apparently. She turns into a vampire herself, and she jumps out of the chest and just starts screaming, "I want my shit back!" Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He's like, "Ah, oh, that crazy bitch! Yeah. She really wants her fucking CDs." <laughs> and then they go and they try to stab her, and they miss the heart, and they just keep stabbing her until eventually she. Yeah, I had that dies. scene yeah. too because going back to the vampire lore, it's very, um, it's interesting because he gets bit. But you clearly have to kill the person with a bite in this movie. Yeah. So that's one of the one other things I was keeping in mind. It's like other movies, you just bite people mm-hmm. and they change. Whereas this one, you had to fully drain them. Um, <clears throat> I had to throw in there my favorite scene of hers, possibly. Maybe. Is when she kills the fat guy and is like writhing. Oh. And he's sitting there watching like... It's straight up like he's a cuck and he's yeah, just watching he's just her, watching. but she's not banging him, obviously. But she's that's just what she describes because, like, you see when she's she said, like, when I drink blood, it I can't, like, it, everything's going at the same time, and it's just like he's just sitting there, he's like, oh man, like you know, <laughs> it's just such a goofy scene. <laughs> um, well, my next one is the actual sex scene. So she brings back, I, I don't know, stripper, hooker. I, I think I mean, she might have just been a girl that she met at the club. She could have been a hooker, but they didn't. I mean, she was dressed in hooker clothes, but then again. Yeah. Maybe she was just night at the club. Just, but, yeah. So, uh, you know, they come back. They're, you know, having sex because the re- and the reason why she does this is because she's worried that if she has sex with him, she's going to want to bite him. Yeah. Because at one point they tried to fool around and, you know. She almost bit him. So she's like, well, I can bite her instead and we can have sex and everything. So, you know, they have sex and then he wakes up in bed and it's him, the the girl in the middle, and then the vampire on the other end. And, like, he just lifts up the cover and it's covered in blood. And he's like, what the fuck? You had to kill her? Yeah. That was one of the more infamous tirades of yeah. fucking motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. That was, that was a good scene, too. Yeah. Uh, and then my final one I had is, you know, Jason Mewes, it, he's really, they do this this crazy little montage because he's contemplating, like, I can't keep letting her kill people. And it's going day in, day out. He's messing up at work. Like, he's missing work. He knows he's got to, like, end it with her. But he knows he can't just, like, let her go. So he's like, I have to kill her. But he clearly has feelings for her. Um and he locks her in a bathroom and they're having this like heartfelt conversation and his buddy Roger comes in and as Roger comes in, Jay- she straight up bashes down the door 
and he, you just see him fly across the yeah. room, very cartoon. And then Roger's like, I'll go deal with her. Yeah. And then he gets sent back <laughs> over. He's like, oh, she's really is. She's really pissed off. Yeah. Um, and then the quote-unquote fight scene that ensues with yes. Jason Mewes running yes, at her. Yes, like... doing like kung fu and karate and stuff. <laughs> it was just amazing. It just kept up. I like that they never stopped with the goofiness. Because yeah. sometimes they'll try to make it too re- Like, no, just yeah. stayed goofy the whole time. Yeah. So I, I did have that. And then, you know, obviously the last one is the very end, which is actually after the credits, I believe. Mm-hmm. I don't think you saw that. But um, so... Um, Jason Mewes actually gets bit by Danica um, at one point, and he he's telling Roger he's like, I don't I don't want to become a vampire. He's like, kill me, you know, blah blah. It's not so. You know, he's holding him. He's like, don't worry, I'll take care of you. And then it just kind of fades out. So you watch the credits, and then at the end, you see Roger coming down the steps in like an attic, and Jack is there with a collar around his neck and so obviously he was turned into a vampire and he's sitting there drinking out of a dog bowl he it's very reminiscent of Shaun of the dead yeah same idea like your best bud is turn you take care of him yeah, yeah. babe if i turn would you take care of me sure <laughs> love you i love you so there i have oh well let's first get the kills i know you and i probably have, have the, the same, same kill the ex-girlfriend no. Okay. Because I your count, favorite? I count when they're re-killing her. Okay. So what was yours? So my favorite was actually the drug dealer. The fat one. The fat one, yeah. When she's but she's, she's like, she's like, you know, feeding on him and she's dry huffing. She's like, oh my God. And she's like sucking on him and riding him and stuff. And, and uh, Jack is just like, what the fuck? Yeah, and he just turns, on? he just turns around. He's like, oh, okay. Okay. I didn't have really a worse kill except for the ones that they didn't show. Yeah. Like, the uh, drug dealer's buddy goes into the room, mm-hmm. and then you just know he's dead. Yeah. Um, so it's a kind of a cop-out, but they really didn't show many kills. See, my, mine I just put down for the same reason as the first time the ex-girlfriend gets killed. Because you just, just kind of see her get confronted, and then he comes in, and she's dead she's on the dead. floor. Yeah. 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 So I will say, no trivia for this movie. There's really nothing spectacular. I mean, it was actually premiered on Sci-Fi, okay. and then it went right to DVD. So it's not like it had a big theatrical release. I couldn't find much about what it made, what kind of budget it yeah. had. So we might as well go right in. What <sighs> are you grading this? I don't know. What's yours? Tell me yours first. So, uh, and I may lose credibility here. But I'm giving it a B minus strictly for the entertainment aspect. It is not worthy of that if you are giving this a critical eye. But I, I'm i not going to lie. I would be more willing to turn this on for just goofiness than I would Session 9. Yeah, that's all. I was I was debating between a C plus and a B minus. So I think I'll agree with you. I'll go with B minus on this one. Just because I will definitely be watching this again. And we should mention... That you and I, I was on your ass about, you got to pick a movie. You couldn't decide. And I gave you the idea. I said, listen, I know you love vampires. I know you love terrible movies. And I know you love goofiness. Here's yeah. one. And you were like, oh, okay. But was I right? Yeah. Is this not it, a it movie was, right up your alley? Pretty, it was pretty awesome. Yeah. Now, this is a movie you had seen on your own. This would be equivalent to some of the movies you've named to me that you're like, it's a great movie. Yeah, probably, yeah. So does this go in your list of quote-unquote great movies? It, it does, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Nice. So I can't wait to actually get to choose what the next movie's going to be. I haven't decided yet, but I have some good options. Oh, no. I'm just going to warn you. I get nervous. I'm, ju- I'm just going to warn you. Please no subtitles. Is it subtitles? I hate having to work when I watch a movie. It's so how about hard. How about, it's so hard for me. Well, that's what me. she said. But <laughs> how about this? I'll let you choose between it can be black and white or subtitled. Oh, black and white. Okay. Then a black and white movie it will be. It's just it's so hard for me to like try to read and pay attention. I can't do two things at the same time. Okay. Oh, I know that. 
Shut up. <laughs> All right, babe. So what is your myth for today? Okay. So based off the movie, we had a female vampire. So I went with a female vampiric type myth. And what I decided was to go with the Bavanshi, which is in like the area of Scotland. Okay. So it's also known as the white woman of the Scottish Highlands. <clears throat> so uh, it takes the form of a beautiful woman and they lure, um, they lurk the Highlands waiting to seduce travelers, hunters, things like that to drain their blood. So it's kind of like a cross. It's like a vampire, but also has like some fairy and like succubus kind of um like aspects to it okay so um they only uh care about feeding and like they go after luring young men it's usually hunters um and then they dance with them and like kind of you know seduce them until they're like tired and overpowered and then that's when they drain their blood so they're kind of like sirens to a degree? Sort of, yes. Yeah. So do they do they um, get their attention with a song? Or is it no. more so um, like I said, they're so they're they're drawn to the hunters yeah. by the scent of the blood of like the, them killing animals. So, so by a successful kill. Yeah, so by, okay. by them like smelling the, the the blood and everything like that, it's kinda drawn out. And um, they have hooves instead of feet which they cover with long green dresses apparently like everything i see in it's like long green dresses because apparently green is the color of fairies and magic yeah so like i said it's kind of like a cross between the the three different entities and somewhere i i read in like one or two things that they like to change like they are shapeshifters they change into hooded crows or ravens but pretty much everything else i read it says that their chosen form is actually a wolf to shift into okay um and <clears throat> there are never any men that are um bavanche they're always women so if they kill a man the man is just dead but if they kill a woman that woman automatically turns into one okay so it's yeah they're only females that's it so but does it say they'll still kill women but the women just happen to come back they come back yeah so if they if they kill a woman she she comes back as one of them um they have two known weaknesses they have a fear of horses for mm -hmm. some reason and a vulnerability vulnerability to iron which is the only known substance that can kill them I guess because they're like, like fairyish realm, and iron can kill iron fairies. Iron is a very popular. Yeah, um, they, they, they're only a little different from vampires. Like vampires, like they they call them the vampire's cousin, okay. basically. So instead of biting, they don't bite to draw the blood. They actually have like long talon-like fingernails that they use to puncture the neck of their victims and they suck the blood, the life force, and sexual potency from the hunters. Why are they gotta do all three? You're already yeah. killing them. You gotta then take yeah. a dick away? So like that's, like that's where I think like the succubi kind of comes from. Yeah, so from. it's a very, okay. So they use their fingers. So it is interesting in many cultures because obviously I've covered a couple different ones. Mm -hmm. The one from Australia. Um, that they use appendages. It seems like mm -hmm. the teeth aren't always yeah. as connected as we would think. Yeah. So, and apparently they're one of the oldest forms of vampires, and they spend their days in graves. Like, so they, um, you know, they're, they're not out in the sunlight. And they tend to hunt in packs, and they can speak any language due to telepathic powers of their victims. So whatever language their victim speaks, that's, you know, they can speak, speak the same thing. Yeah. Now, I I saw, like, one thing I saw says something about they rise once a year, but I didn't see anything else about that. So I don't know if these are, like, they're around all year long or if they're okay. only out for a certain period of time. Um, but like I said, they do rest in their in the graves or tombs or whatever during the day, and you can build a stone cover over the graves to prevent them from rising 
like from be able to coming out. And like um, I did see uh, some stuff where basically like if a man there was a couple instances where like there were some men, you know, hunters like making camp. And basically they said that they, uh, you know, wish we had some entertainment or something like that. And they just kind of appeared. So, like, if you if you wish, you know, for company, but then don't, like, bless God or something like that, then they kind of appear. Okay. So, but, uh, so iron and uh, what was the other thing? Horses. They don't horses. like horses. So, it says to basically stay away from them. Stay on your horse. Don't get off your horse because they won't come near horses. But anything about sunlight? It just says they're like they're night they're creatures. They're nocturnal. Yeah, but, but they... as far as I don't know if sunlight kills them hmm. or hurts them or they just don't like to be out in the sunlight. Interesting. Yeah, I always have a theory that a lot of myths have the idea of the iron being the thing that could kill them because that was the abundant thing like of weapons at the time. Yeah. So a lot of ideas probably like use your iron sword. Like, yeah. Now, so that's probably why iron is so specific. Mm-hmm. Um, so... They ha- but they do have fangs, right? I don't know. I I've seen a couple things that looked like they had fangs, but I mean, from from while you're you were talking, I looked it up. It seemed like they definitely do have fangs, but like you're saying, some they reports that, that they yeah. use the fingers. Um. Well, now is this exclusively? to scotland yes. or did it leak to like wales or anywhere else so it's it says they um they're from the scottish highlands which okay. is northern scotland Much more, yeah it's like edinburgh and stuff yeah so which it, apparently i had seen um that there was a lot of like back in the day a long time ago there was a lot of vampire myths in scotland and ireland like that was actually the hot spot for like vampiric activity Mm -hmm. and things like that until a little bit later on when everything kind of moved over more like transylvania and stuff like that so well and bram stoker bram stoker and everything like that yeah so it's funny the vampiric legend and the legend of the banshees uh, a beautiful woman one way or another they're gonna kill you it's funny, like, it emanates so much from the islands, mm-hmm. like both Scotland or basically UK and Ireland. I'm curious, like, what drove that? Yeah. Like, if it was a matter of – and because they're always beautiful women. My – my, this is completely me guessing, is when Christianity came Probably. over. the. Any women that dressed a little provocatively, yeah. they were, like, promiscuous, so they were dangerous. So it's, like, basically trying to warn guys, if you see a girl, number we're, one, if, if a woman... Where women are soul-sucking demons, basically. Oh, well, is it wrong? <laughs> I mean, here's the deal. They probably were like, hey, if there's a woman out there, uh, promiscuous, she's dangerous because she's dangerous to a way of, like, marriage and this mm-hmm. and that. So avoid them or they'll suck something out of you. You know, like basically meaning like they'll they'll ruin your spirit, they'll ruin your whatever. And that's or other why, things. yeah, and that's why a lot of times I, f- I still go back to like the idea of the vampire itself is a, a curse to God with the resurrection. You use a cross, mm-hmm. all these things. So I feel like it would be easy to say that's some of the connection of why these beautiful women are always that. Yeah. And she's got she has the hooves. So is it like the devil? The devil, yeah. It's very interesting. No, I do like it, though. That that is a very, very solid connection. I mean, there's no one vampire lore out there. Yeah, there's tons of them. Always different, but it is interesting. So she's drawn to the hunt, to a successful hunt or people that want them. Nice. Like, I I could see maybe, like, that's more because, like, you know, a man hunting down a wild animal, like, successfully, that's more masculine. You know what I mean? Like, the more, you know more desirable um and you know we were talking about like when i was thinking of like vampire myths we were initially thinking about strigoi and everything like that but you know i started looking at it and i was like well let me see what else and then i found this and it was a woman and i went with you know there was a woman vampire in the movie and then no i like it a woman no that's a a good call i never i've never heard of it neither have i Um, yeah i thought when the way you described the name i thought it was just gonna be like a banshee yeah but okay 
So then, what is your place this week? Okay, so my place comes oh along with a very long history lesson. Uh, <laughs> I feel like I'm going to be writing an entire book. You are. I think I have like 10 pages of notes oh, here. Oh, goodness. <laughs> um, so I'm going to go with Glencoe, which is the haunted Scottish Highlands, which is the same area that the Bavanshi comes from, like okay. in that area. So, but Glencoe is like a specific, I guess we'll call it like a town-ish that's haunted due to something that happened there. Okay. So Glencoe is in the area of the wilderness and the highlands of Scotland. And the mountains stand over an eight-mile glen running east to west in the northern border of Argyle. It's called the Glen of the Weeping. The highland has a strict code of hospitality um, and murder is more heinous of a crime there than any place like other in Scotland. Not that, you know, murder anywhere is acceptable, but like it's very bad up there. And it's called murder under trust. Like okay. if someone is like killed up there. So there was a main family. It was called the McDonald's of Glencoe. Did they make burgers? They didn't. It was Mac, M-A-C, ah. Donald's, not M-C. <laughs> so the clan Donald was the like a big deal in the clan system. Mm -hmm. And the McDonald's of Glencoe or the McLeans, which is what they're most more specifically called, um, was a smaller branch of the clan of Donald. Okay. So Mac smaller. Yeah. Like Mac Muffin. Okay. <laughs> uh. So at one time, the chief of the clan McDonald's held the title of Lord of the Isles. And the title came from a hybrid of Vikings, Vikings and Gaelic rulers. And they served their allegiance to the kings of Norway, Ireland, and Scotland at different times, but functioned independently for many centuries. So uh, King James IV of Scots stripped the Lord of, his, of Isles um, from his title. Okay. So by the 17th century, the McDonald's had their lands and titles removed and giving to their neighbors, the Campbells. Okay. So this was just like the neighboring tribe yeah. kind of thing. So the Campbells were politically savvy and they were very deceitful and they fraternized with the lowland mobility. So mm -hmm. the Highlanders and the lowlanders did not get together, like get, get along together. Um, so... The chief of the McDonald's, like right around the time when all this unrest goes, is starting to happen. The chief of the McDonald's was Alistair Rudolph MacDonald, a.k.a. McLean. Um, he was a very big man with a long white beard and a mustache. He was well-respected well by his clan, and he was feared by, like, others. So he had two sons, John, who was married to a McDonald. Now, there are McDonald's everywhere. Yeah. Like, they're not just in Glencoe, but there was McDonald's of this place, of that place. Or kind of. And the younger uh, son, Alistair, married a Campbell, who was a distant relative to Robert Campbell of Glenelyn. So, okay. remember that name. I won't, but go on. You won't. Okay. So, the McLeans were cattle thieves. And they constantly caused trouble. Um, they were always in trouble with the law and with the neighboring clans, especially the Campbells. Now, there's a Scott law that makes the landlord liable to pay for losses incurred by their tenants. And the landlords of the McLeans were, who do you think they were? Campbells. The Campbells, yeah. Yeah, so they didn't get along very well. Yeah. So King James VII received black um, backlash from the Protestants when he tried to put Catholics in office, mm -hmm. and it led to a revolution in 1688. James fled to France after being defeated, and he left his daughter Mary, who was a Protestant, to the throne with her husband William of Orange, and um, they took the thrones of Scotland and England. Supporters of the King James were known as Jacobites. So, um, many clan chiefs in the Highlands were Jacobite sympathizers. And William of Orange offered a 12,000-year bribe to the clan's chiefs if they changed their allegiance to him instead of the old king. Okay. So, John Campbell of the Bredelbane 
um, was the king's emissary and in 1691 set out a summons for the Jacobite clan leaders to come to the castle and like hear the proposal like yeah to like we'll give you money pledge your allegiance and everything but he had a second treaty that stated if king james would return with the french army and if they backed him then they would tear up the treaty that they had to sign for with william and mary um so with the initial treaty william gave them a deadline that everything had to be signed by january 1st 1962 and but the clan leaders wanted permission from king james that they could sign this treaty with you know the intention that it was going to be torn up and they were yeah. going to back him and everything like that so but because you know he was in exile you know it was going to take a while to get some information yeah so john uh dalrymple was the master of stairs he was in Scottish he was Scottish Parliament member and he was a Secretary of State to King James, but played a big part in getting William to power on the throne. So not much more. I'm I'm getting there. I know. I'm waiting I, for I know the, you're waiting. The, the, I know you're waiting. Anyway. But I have to give you like okay. background on this. Okay. It's a history lesson. Yeah, it sure is. I'm not very good in history. It sure is. <laughs> um so William rewarded him by making him Lord Advocate, and in nineteen um, or sixteen ninety one, made him Joint Secretary of State. But he wanted more yeah, than that. Because you said nineteen sixty one. Shut up. Sixteen ninety one. At sixteen ninety one, I'm just I was say nineteen. I was like, that's that's not that long ago. I'm just There's tribes okay. <laughs> still. Um. So he was a lowlander and hated highlanders and considered them like rebellious savages. So he found out about Breadalbane's second treaty and wanted to make an example of, like, one of the clans, like, people. So he sent troops to Fort William ahead of time um, in hoping that one of the chiefs would miss the deadline. So December 21st, 1691, word got to Edinburgh that King James was not going to be able to make it with the army. And he just wanted the chiefs to pledge their allegiance to William. Yeah. So message was sent from chief to chief um and in glengarry the message was held for seven days be before being sent back out okay. so it only gave 24 hours for like two of the other chiefs to get their reply back which would have made it impossible for it to reach glencoe in time before the deadline yeah so but in the meanwhile mclean left the army barracks um and went to or went left for an army barracks that was nearby in fort william to meet with the governor um of the fort which was colonel john hill who signed a letter stating that he arrived within the time frame to sign his allegiance but colonel hill sent him to a village called inverry and in order to get there, he had to cut across the Campbell's land. Mm -hmm. He was arrested and detained um, where he was later released, but he didn't get into in February until January 2nd, which was the day after the deadline. And when he got there, the, the sheriff, Colin Campbell, was already gone. Okay. So the sheriff eventually did return and accept... McLean's signature, you know, and the McLeans went back home. So when the signatures returned back to Edinburgh, it was in mid-January, and the council decided to remove McLean's signature due to technical default. So it would be like he never even signed it. Okay. So technically he missed the deadline, he didn't sign it, he didn't pledge his, his allegiance. Um, now, John... Dariample was excited about that because, you know, he finally found his mark. He wanted to make an example. So here it was. And then he wrote, Just now my lord Argyle tells me that the Glencoe hath not taken the oath, which I rejoice. So several other chiefs did not also sign the treaty, but they were too big and powerful, and he feared, like, an uprising in the highlands. So he decided to attack the smaller clan, which was... make an example. Yeah, which was the McLeans. So the attack was executed by a Scottish commander-in-chief approved by the king and carried out by the British army. Word was sent to Fort Williams to eliminate the McLeans of Glencoe. So February 1st, 1692, two companies of men traveled to Glencoe 
led by Robert Campbell mm-hmm. of Glenelyn, which is a relation to the wife of the youngest McLean. Gotcha. So that remember I said remember yeah. that name. Yeah. So um, they reached the land of McDonald's clan and told them that they were passing through to Glengarry to collect unpaid taxes. Um, but because the weather was so bad that they needed lodging mm. within like the clan's, you know, village. So apparently in the Highlands, it's a great honor to be taken in by some into like someone's home, and it meant your friendship was like sealed and solidified. Yeah. So like going against someone like is very bad. Yeah. Like it's, you know it's one I mean? of the most it's, common, especially. It's a very. It's also why like Odin and Norse mythology is like the god of, of basically hospitality. Hospitality. Like, yeah. Because if you go against your host, if they've yeah. accepted you in your home, like that's. Yeah. So um, the soldiers actually lived with the clan for two weeks because there was like a blizzard like coming through. So on the night of February 12th, Major Duncanson of Glenelyn sent an order stating, you are hereby ordered to fall upon the rebels, the McDonald's of Glencoe, and put all of your swords under 70. You are to have a special care that the old fox and his sons do not do upon no account escape your hands. Uh-huh. So he just wanted everyone yeah. killed, especially McLean and his sons. Yeah. So um, now... On the morning at 5 a.m. on February 13th, 1692, as the clan slept and the soldiers got up, they killed everyone that they could. Damn. So there were 38 McDonald's were left dead um, by, like, the rise of the sun and everything. And that included Chief McLean. Yeah. But many people escaped to the hills, um, although many people died of exposure, including McLean's wife. There wasn't an exact number of people that died in the hills, but it was estimated to be anywhere between 40 and 300 people. It's a big, big so range. It was, yeah, it was like a, it was, but it was a very big, it was like a whole village, basically. Yeah. So um, Dalrymple was livid when he found out that McLean's two sons survived, and he ordered any survivors to be hunted down and killed, but this order was never carried out. So Queen Mary, apparently, she didn't know all that was going on here, like, and everything. So she began to ask questions, and King William was forced to hold uh, an official inquiry, which led to, like, nothing. But in 1695, a year after Mary's death, there was a second inquiry, and it concluded that the government performed an act of treason against the people of Glencoe, and a mistake had been made by not accepting McLean's oath. And, of course, the king escaped blame and landed, like, all the blame on um, Dalrymple. But, and he was relieved of his office, but, of course, he was later reinstated. Yeah. So, and basically, um, there was, like, a trial. But in the end, everyone was pardoned by the king because, yeah, yeah, he gave the orders and took it back. So the remaining Maclean's, um returned to their land in Glencoe and then rebuilt. So this whole area is haunted because of the massacre. So because of not only where they were, but the highlands. The the highlands and everything like that. Yeah. So winter, apparently winter is the best time to visit Glencoe because it's when the sun is like lying lowest, like within the mountain range. And it gives like, you know, an eerie feeling and there's shifting mist that um, creates like an eerie atmosphere. Mm. And every year... In the early morning of February 13th, which is the anniversary of the massacre, there's a strong presence of the murdered McLean um, clan is like that's when it's most felt. And people claim to see like ghostly shadows. Um, Some claim to see actual like a reenactment of the massacre, like people fighting and Mm. things like that. And they hear the cries of the slaughtered. Mm. Now, this I found this was pretty interesting. So it was said that the night before the massacre... Some of the clans members heard the wail of a banshee, which is supposed to be a death omen, yep. and fled to the mountains, which resulted in the lower death count. Gotcha. So. So that's what their omen, if you will. Yeah. I mean, of all the places we've talked about, <clears throat> when you talk about something terrible happening mm-hmm. there, I, 
you and I have talked about energies and that massive amount of yeah. people dying in a specific spot. I would, could almost see that being like, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, you know, when you have a burned-in image on your screen, mm -hmm. like, almost like a blip that, like, keeps yeah. repeating the event. So, they're not necessarily ghosts, like, haunting people. You just keep like re-seeing what's happening. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, the only thing that would downplay that is, like, you've had much crazier, like, Gettysburg, uh, D-Day, like, at Normandy. Well, this, I definitely want to go because we're not yeah. far from Gettysburg and I've definitely seen like videos of like the same thing. Like you see a soldier running and like things like that. And so, yeah, I mean, that's it's betrayal is that they obviously held a high regard for it. Um, it would be interesting. I'd be more interested in following up with the people who ordered it or carried out the murders. If they if there's been any known like curses on them. Yeah. Like carried down. But, I mean, it looks like a beautiful place. Like, we'll oh, definitely no, no, yeah. have to. I have like, it, I have it, up. it up. It's really, really nice. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's like a valley, like the little glen and everything. Yeah. No, it's definitely beautiful. I mean, uh, Scott, UK and yeah. Ireland are both obviously very, very beautiful. And Scotland's obviously much more mountainous. That's hence the highlands. Yeah. But, uh, no, I, I, like, I like it. It's very... Betrayal. Finally, yeah. wasn't some bitch doing some <laughs> stuff she wasn't supposed really? to. <laughs> really? See, and I learned something. I learned a history lesson. You'll forget it in a I week. I will forget it. But I, but did, I did like it. That's a good one. I know. I, I went a little different this time. You I did. A little long-winded. Well, I figured because I, you know, I was kind of short with the Bavanche, so. Oh, no, I liked it. I liked it. Interesting. Yeah. Good job, babe. So with that, everyone, we want to say thank you for sticking with us. Thank you for listening. If you haven't already, please make sure subscribe to us on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you can find our podcast. And we're also available on all social media apps, so be sure to follow us there. And with that, we want to say have a good night. And until next time.